other things that I don't feel I'm just comfortable gonna, I'm gonna describing. Say, I'm going to say it. Are you? I'm going to nod. You say it, and I'm going to nod over here. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gorehounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college, which meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror section of our local video store in our quest to survive and to ensure we end up as the, the final, final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking them down one by one, geeking out about all of the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. Hello, welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. My name is Julia Marchesi. And I'm Marion Kerr. This is episode three. What will we be talking about? 1973's The Exorcist. This episode title is The Power of Christ Compels You. Obviously. I think if you did a drinking game, every time they say that in this film, it'd be pretty good. I mean, yeah, like that. You'd, you'd be in trouble. You'd be in real trouble at the end of this movie. <laughs> so if you want to start a list of, of most screwed up horror movies, I would yeah. say this, this film is way up there. Yeah. And this was like, this film was like the intro of sort of 70s horror, which is like a whole different ball game, uh, as, uh, as uh, Julia taught me, than sort of these like 80s slasher, whatever, just like... Lordy, yeah. This is a this is a you're you're gonna strap yourself in for yeah. this one, and it's gonna be a wild ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a spoiler spoiler heavy uh, show. So oh, yeah. If you haven't seen The Exorcist, please watch The Exorcist and then listen to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so The Exorcist uh, comes from a book mm-hmm. uh, by William Peter Blatty, which is based on a true case mm-hmm. in 1949. A young boy named Roland Doe, mm-hmm. probably not his real name, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, possessed, and a Catholic priest, Raymond Bishop, had to come and uh, exorcise the thing out of him so hypothetically this really sort of sort of kind of happened mm-hmm. um and then uh mr william friedkin masochist director extraordinaire <laughs> took it on and you know, made it you know what'd be fun you know what'd be really fun is to just let's make the exorcist that'd be so much fun uh and and as we'll, we'll talk about in this episode it, it was no fun for anybody um yeah this kind of had a one of those kind of like poltergeist curse kind of things about it where everything just kind of that could go wrong went wrong mm-hmm. um and having a director who kind of just was not afraid to smack his actors around doesn't really help or smack the non-actors around, as it turned out as well. Yeah, just smacking um, people. Yeah. Directors don't get away with that so much anymore. Literally, metaphorically, just in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, so let's dive in. Um, so the, the, you know, the, the central plot of this movie is about um, uh, Ellen Burstyn plays an actress um, who is recently divorced, I think, and uh, she has a 12-year-old named Reagan, we decided. Yes. Reagan. We were waffling. Reagan, Regan, Regan, Reagan, Reagan. Um, and um, they've recently moved to the D.C. area because she's working on a film, and uh, her daughter starts acting a little funny. Um, her daughter finds an Ouija board, mm-hmm. and we always know in horror movies this is a bad sign yes. when Ouija boards show up. Mm-hmm. Do they ever show? Do they ever show up and do good? I don't think they ever. Maybe we need to write a movie about when a horror, like a Ouija board, actually helps somebody. I mean, I don't. I think it's not always necessarily like Ouija board always equals death, but it always like it's gonna start some shit. Yeah. Like it's always like it's gonna open up like you know like it could open up a portal and then you can like deal with some resolved issues with like your grandmother or something. But like it's never it's there's not it's never consequence free. Well, we we have Reagan uh, starting out to speak with Captain Howdy, mm-hmm. the, the very pleasant sounding Captain Howdy, right. making friends while she's waiting for her mom to be uh, off the movie set. Right. Um, but Captain Howdy, 
is not actually Captain Howdy. No, Captain Howdy is uh, Captain Howdy is something else, um, and uh, slowly starts to take hold of her. And basically, her. I mean, we can go through this movie plot by plot, you know point by point, but you know, and essentially, yeah. But but yeah, essentially, like it just it just starts getting matter and matter and matter and matter. And uh, they and what's interesting too, what I one of the things I kind of liked about this movie is that again, it sort of has that kind of realistic approach where like. Her daughter's just acting funny, but a lot of sort of weird traumatic things have kind of happened recently. So she does like kind of mom stuff where, you know, she has her to go talk to somebody. She has her see a therapist. She has like, they do like this great like hypnotherapy session where, you know, the kid, they're starting to kind of like figure out what's wrong. Um, And then, yeah. And then she starts talking about Captain Howdy. And then we have... (laughs) All right. Sorry. I'm going back to it. She's already starting to lose it. She's mentally regressing. All right. Um, um, so obviously this film is also uh, has a heavy religious angle. Mm-hmm. Having We have priests come in to help Reagan and ultimately is the only option mm-hmm. to help her. Uh, we have Father Karras, mm-hmm. who is played by Jason Miller, and Father Marin, who is Max von Sydow mm-hmm. at his, his most, I don't know, overpowering. He's always very something yeah no it is sort of him like sort of at the zenith of his like just I he don't just know. seems like a very tall guy a very like imposing guy yeah i think very imposing and very kind of a powerful figure like his his entrance to this movie is like cinematic gold like it's so it's so well shot and so creepy and so like game change for the movie like it's great um and of course reagan is played by linda blair who Wow. Can't even... I can't even imagine how the audition for that went. Like, mm-hmm. what did they make her do for the audition? Mm-hmm. And then they were like, yeah, this one. Like, they have her... So, you know, Reagan is be, is being possessed by, as we learn, Pazuzu, mm-hmm. who is a demon, mm-hmm. um, who I feel like I can't even really say what... <laughs> what it makes her do you know okay so you have you know you're, talk, you're talking just straight horror we got you know because this film is, is the thing that's amazing about it is it's just kind of if you took the horror elements out it's just kind of like a solid drama and then yeah. you know it's very well shot it's very well acted you have everybody's you know on their on a game here yeah taking the situation super seriously and super like there's no wink winky there's yeah no, there's no like no yeah. laughing in this movie uh-huh. at all of any kind no no laughing um, um just horrible things um like we have the spider walk yeah yeah which is uh which is something so they they re-released this film uh in 2000 that we went to go see so this was the first time that mm-hmm. marion and i had ever watched the exorcist was together this yeah. was in 2000 on vhs um and then of course went to go see it on the big screen because everything's better on the big screen especially horror movies and uh when we went to go see this uh in 2000 this was uh before i think it was after the spider walk but before anything else happened mm-hmm. and there were several girls who walked out of the theater going no no no. Yeah. Like they couldn't even handle it. And so it's like, you know, don't, the fact that it's 1973, don't, don't, let, don't let that shake you. Cause yeah. it's, it's mind blowingly horrifying. No, it is. Yeah. And it's just really like it, it, you know, you know, her kind of coming down is the beginning of them realizing that she's possessed and that this is not like a medical thing. And this is not like that. This is, there's something going wrong with her on like a spiritual level. Right. Um, and that's Cause you start out small with some convulsing, mm-hmm. you know, some thrashing, yeah. some objects flying out of the room yeah, and then get into, uh, vomiting. Yeah. Head turning around. Yeah. Other things that I don't feel I'm just comfortable gonna, I'm gonna describing. Say, I'm going to say it. <laughs> Are you? I'm going to nod. You say it. And I'm going to nod over here. Uh, masturbating with a crucifix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fun part. Yep. Uh, asking priests to fuck you—that's a fun part. 
Um, yeah. And then and, and calling the, priests cocksuckers. Yeah. You know, and and all the things. And, and she's twelve. Yeah. And then they also have this sort of the, the kind of the B plot is um, is meeting Father Carrison, um, his mother has recently died, and so he has sort of has this kind of plot that ends up intertwining with theirs, where he is sort of this priest that's kind of lost his way. It's kind of lost. Um, his own spiritual life and kind of what what faith means to him and sort of what does it all mean and, and all this kind of stuff and then he is kind of enlisted <laughs> to, for the best job ever to, to come to come into this house um, and see this girl and realizing how bad it is that's when he has to call in the big guns because he realizes like he can't he can't only he can't do it by himself also largely because of his own crisis of conscience and he doesn't you know he doesn't know if he has it within himself to fight whatever it is that's inside her so it's like one what is happening and two um he doesn't think that he has it within himself to do this you know and i think this film you know obviously when it came out uh the catholic uh church was not happy Mm -hmm. with this film um understatement Mm -hmm. and I think actually it's actually a very kind of pro-religious film because mm-hmm. you have these characters um, that are they have these crises of faith, but ultimately succeed because they end up believing, and it's their faith that saves them in the end. So yeah, and, sa- actually, and saves her, yeah. and saves her, yeah, um, definitely. And we talked. About, I remember we kind of talked about this idea being. Um, you know, that maybe this movie kind of is a movie that deviates away from the sort of final girl thing. Because, like, in The Exorcist, like, who is the final girl? Like, is the final girl meant to be Reagan? Is it really meant to be Father Karras? Because he's the one having, like, the crisis of conscience that he has to go through, and he's the one that's really battling, and and ultimately his breakthrough with it is what saves her at the cost of, spoiler, spoiler, his own sacrifice. Like, but then we also talked about their this idea of being a final girl and finalist is uh, or a final boy is maybe this movie makes the distinction between saving your body and saving your soul and ultimately like being a final girl or a final boy in the exorcist is about saving your soul and for father Karras, even though he does die he does save his soul at the very end like he is able to touch back into that place save her you know noble sacrifice himself away but like he's redeemed in that way and i think that's a really interesting way to uh way to think about that kind of idea of final girl final boy you know it's not just about saving your corporeal body it's about you know your soul as well but this is a hard one to watch as a survival guide kind of thing because there's there's really no there's not much you can do in this situation. Well, I mean, I think there are the, there definitely are the tropes where like you can't get out of it. Like there's right. definitely like you have to face it. Like you, there's you should, no you shouldn't be playing with Ouija boards. That's number one. I mean, that does start some shit. Um, but yeah, like, that you you do have to like the people who. And yes, you're right. It is different where she's not going around like murdering everybody. I mean, if you untied her, I'm sure she would. But like that, that's not really what's going on. But it's the, still the same thing where like you have to face the big bad. Like they can't just like tie her up and give her pills and this will all just go away, which I think is kind of what Ellen Burstyn's hoping will happen in the beginning of this movie. Like when they go full, power of Christ compels you when they walk into the room at that end and the room's freezing and you can see their breath and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like they have to do it, fully do it. Like no matter what it says, no matter what it does, like... There's no getting out of it. It's just like you and the big bad, you know? So in that sense, like, that trope, I think, is still there. And there's not really been an exorcism film. I don't... It's hard, because there's there's never going to be an exorcism film that can top this film. They've tried many times, and Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone is just kind of playing off of this, and it's like a watered-down version of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think because you have the caliber of actors that you have, um, that's really kind of what makes the difference. When you have someone like Ellen Burson, who's incredible, Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, because really her character is just scared mom, which can be mm-hmm. thankless, thankless. Yeah. And she does a really good job. Um, mm-hmm. So she had some problems with William Friedkin on the set of yeah. this film. It um, seemed tough. <laughs> there, there is a particular scene in which she was, uh, had a wire uh, to be, to be pulled mm-hmm. uh, backwards and, uh, they had done it a couple of times. It wasn't mm-hmm. working very well. She had told William Friedkin, like, this is hurts. I don't want to do this again. And he's like, no, 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 we're not going to do it again. And then totally did it again and really severely injured her. Um, and, of course, used that take in the film. Yeah. So when you watch that, know that she's uh, really getting injured there. Um, yeah. So there was, a whole, there was a whole other element going on in this film where actually on set there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, yeah. There's two characters in the film who die in the film who actually died during production of in this really, film. Or I think I think one of them died after production. Okay. Um, and then one of them died during it. The guy who plays the um, director, uh, Burke Dennings, in the film, he sadly passed away after the movie, um, along with another actor. And then there was um, uh, the actor who plays Father Karras, Jason Miller. Um, his son was hit by a motorcycle and nearly killed. And the woman who uh, does the voice of Pazuzu, um, was, uh, the, her son was murdered by... Uh, or his son murdered her wife and children during production. And the set cut on fire. And the set cut on fire. Um, and that happened. And yeah, so I mean, there, there was, there's like this very famous, like the curse of the exorcist kind of stuff. So I don't know if it was just like a whole lot of bad luck or trouble production or what, what but. What do you, how do you, if you were that, if you were William, Fr- oh, well, I'm not going to ask if you were William Freakin because who can think what he thinks? Because man, he's just like <laughs> on another wavelength. But if you're in the middle of making a horrible horror movie and suddenly everything starts going wrong like that, do you, do you persist? Yeah, I think so, because I think you just sort of think that, like, we're just letting... Because if you were making a comedy and the same thing happened, you wouldn't be, like, cursed, you know? I just think it's really... For me, I mean, I I think the spiritual element is an extra creepy thing, and I also just think that when you are... There's something so unrepentant about dealing with a big bad that is something that is sort of, like, you know, whether it's... I know in this they don't call it Satan in this particular movie, but something like that that's sort of been a big bad... For thousands of years it's not like a boogeyman that you just made up it's something that like is very real to people and people who have this very clear idea of like good and evil and whatever so the idea that you're making a movie about something that's not entirely fictitious for a lot of people is just has this kind of creepy energy about it that I think people I feel like that's what those girls were feeling when they went up to the, the the theater and they're like no 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 I, I no, think that no. I think that that's what crosses the line for a lot of people is mm-hmm. that you start dragging religion into it and people get really freaked out by it yeah um but i think you're totally right about the idea of you know in some ways in a lot of ways that i don't even know if it's like pro-religion but just sort of really like like advocating for the power of spirituality like i think that's that's totally the dynamic at the end when it just comes down to you know father merrick is not helping and it just comes down to father Karras and reagan and like that's what it is like he doesn't he doesn't become more clever than she does he doesn't like physically beat it out of her or whatever it's like his faith is more powerful than pazuzu which just sounds ridiculous coming out of my mouth right now but like that is you know what i mean but like that's exactly but I, that's I, what it is i have a question for you if you're pazuzu i we we learned through the film pazuzu is a pretty powerful demon sure. i would say mm-hmm. um is it just for funsies? Like, what do you take over a girl for? What is the what is the end game when you're possessing a young girl? If you're a demon, the, yeah. you think you'd have better things to do. 
more powerful things to do. I feel like this is the most fun for you if you're a demon. I feel like taking over a little girl and just making misery and making her do and say and blah, all these things and whatever. And like, because if you can take her over, presumably maybe you could take over other people in the household. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, you you know, you could take over the president. You could take over a king. You could take over someone like who's like really going to get like some publicity out of this, but you're Mm -hmm. actually just picking like random kid. But I think also too, I think that's the idea that like taking over children are easier than adults because they're more susceptible. And so I think one, she opens the gateway with the Ouija board and then I think too because she's so young and her will isn't strong because at the very end Father Karras's will beats out the will of Pazuzu in a 12 year old girl so I think it's a harder thing and he Father Karras has the ability where like Pazuzu comes into him because Father Karras asks him to or asks it to and then he is able to still fight with it like in a very active way whereas once Reagan was possessed she was just possessed like there was no 12 year old girl in there fighting it back I mean, maybe she well, was she, but she, was she writes help me on her chest no no definitely but like she's losing that fight yeah. whereas like Father Karras like you know ultimately noble sacrifices but like he is actively I think it's much harder for a demon to be inside an adult than a child so I feel like that's why like she's selected I would say it's an excellent demon though the, you get the <laughs> you get the glimpse of the true face like once in the film and it's pretty horrifying yeah um, so I just want to give a shout out to Dick Smith who did the makeup for yeah. this yeah who also did scanners, so mm-hmm. the best head explosion on this film is today. True. Yeah, yeah, no. Th- him to think. And Linda Blair's makeup is just crazy because she is an adorable little girl, and I mean, it is it is no good. <laughs> I mean, I know everyone's seen it, but it is yeah to see her sort of like the head spinning and the saying those absurd things, and like also just the practical of that uh, that effect of when she's like flopping up and down the mother, and she's like mother, and she's flopping up and down in the bed like that, like. That just looks crazy. I can't. Like, I cannot imagine. Me I don't know. At that, is 12. that sped up? Like I don't, I don't even know. know. Like I like you explaining, like trying to explain to me what's happening at twelve, and me going like, okay, okay, masturbation with a crucifix. All right, I see what I can do here. Like yeah. I don't understand how that works, but she's Linda Blair. Wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. Like, so I'm the, just, yeah, this film um, won two Academy Awards. It yeah. won uh, Best Screenplay and Best Sound. Mm-hmm. And it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Cinematography, Best Art Direction, Editor, Alan Burstyn, and Linda Blair were both nominated, as and well as Jason Miller. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it, it's legit. It yeah. was nominated for Oscars and everything. Can Which you, is amazing, because I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you're just going to say this, like, can you imagine, like, a horror movie today being nominated for, like, 10 Academy Awards? And, I like, just want to live in a world where the Exorcist could win Best Picture. Yeah. That would be, like, a beautiful, beautiful world. <laughs> It's a troubling statement, Julia. It's a troubling statement. I'm, I'm this troubling girl. That's the thing. See, I'm telling you. I know, I know. But then I keep fighting you back on it. So like, you're Pazuzu and I'm Reagan. Oh, we're having, no. <laughs> and we're having this battle. So, um, ratings-wise, I gave it a five. We both gave it a fantastical five chainsaws. Unbelievable. Five out of five. Um, for gore, we gave it a four and a half. Which I think is fair, because it's it was interesting too, is it's not I feel like gore always means like blood and guts, and that is not what this movie is. Like their gore is you know, more vomit and um horrific scenes that are yeah, that Julie mentioned you can't earlier. Even say it. I can't, I did, I can't it's no well, good. Why? It's no good. It's just not you're just it's, you're just no quoting good. the movie though, it's okay. It's okay. It's not that it's not okay. I know it's not like I feel like I'm going to be punished for it. It's just like it's, there's no pleasure in the words coming out of my mouth. So like I don't want to. Because like, There can't always be pleasure in the words coming out of your mouth, Marion. No. I don't know. I feel like, you know, this is, this is, most, this is meant, meant to be fun. This is what's scary about 70s horrors. I feel like, you know, for a lot of these, I'm like, oh, final exam. Oh, my God. Radish rocks. Da, da, da. And then it's The Exorcist. And there was no, like, couch falling off in this movie for me. It was just me just, like, watching totally silent, mouth half hanging open. And just, like, and it was over. And... I mean, I just can't feel like I was just looking at you like, 
what? Like what? You know, it's a little hard to process. Didn't want to go to bed. Right. It was just like, I don't want to dream about this. I don't want to like puppies and kittens, puppies and kittens. Like I don't, you know, it's just, but it, I think it this, seeps into you. This movie like creeps under your skin in a way that's just That's troubling. the great thing about horror though, is you have your kind of goofy ones and then you yeah. have the ones that are like not fucking around and like Exorcist no. is not at no, all. Definitely not. It's setting a stage for a troubling decade full of troubling films. Yeah. Um, and if you want some hardcore horror, 70s is where it's at. Totally. Yeah. So we're trying, um, we're trying to kind of jump around time-wise. Uh, so we wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that, you know, we had Nightmare and we had Final Exam, which are two 80s movies, and mm-hmm. now we have a 70s uh, movie. Now, we, there's you'll be hearing, we have so many horror movies in store for you <laughs> and so many from so many different time periods. Um, but I can say... The ones that we watch from the 70s, uh, Last House on the Left, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, these are the films that will knock anybody's fucking block off. Like, they're hardcore, not fun horror horror. No, and they were de- and they were definitely hard for me. Like, my, my all-time scariest horror film uh, is a 70s horror film, and I feel like uh, some of the ones where I was like, we watched it, and then I felt like I turned to you and I was like, okay, cool, I'm never seeing that again. I could just, just so you know, never seen the guy. Like all of that, I feel like is mostly from the seventies. Like, a, like maybe a little early eighties, but like mostly seventies horror. When they just, yeah, it was just meant to be. A, it just became this very serious genre. And I feel like there, it's funny. Like a decade later, it was so not a serious genre. And the seventies, it was like, oh yeah, like they, it could be kind of done on the cheap, but it could also be done like at Academy Award level, where yeah. it's like. You don't get too many of those. No, you know. Now I feel like you get it where it's like indie bait, where it's sort of like you know indie. Like you could be like have like a Sundance favorite that's a horror film, or like great popcorn movie, or like Get Out, and like this kind of stuff. But like, yeah, like Oscar nominated, like Ellen Burstyn, you know, Max von Sydow will be in your movie horror level. Like, I'd kind of be scared. Like I'm like afraid if someone were to do that now. I'd be like. Mm. It's really scary. I don't know. I'm too little. I don't know. I'm not grown up enough. But, I, but you must have felt watching this that you did grow up a little bit watching The Exorcist. You're like, okay, a little bit of that innocence is now washed away. I've seen a 12 year old girl masturbate with a crucifix. I've seen a priest being called a cocksucker. Like, is that a good thing, though? Is that a good thing? Well, like, that's the thing I'm saying. I enjoy corrupting people. I don't know why. And I'm sorry for that a little bit. But I'm not sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Um,. I guess you're kind of right, yeah, because I can't really, but the thing is, it's a good piece of movie making. I feel like if I was corrupted, and also it was like straight trash, then I would be like, damn you, Julia, you know, but but I mean, it's a it's a really well done movie, just from like multiple movie production points of view, so... I mean, if that's what it takes, you know, I can, I can, I can, I can deal with that. I can, the trade-off, I think, is worth it. You know. Well, I would like to say, nearly twenty years later, thank you for trusting <laughs> me for taking you down this path. Uh-huh. Um, I, uh huh. I, I feel good about it. I feel yeah. like you know, showing people movies that I love is uh-huh. is one of the greatest things in my life, and and. Scary movies are particularly fun to watch people squirm. I don't know. It makes me sound like a real sicko. Like I'm no, but I, I think what's interesting is, again, my, you know, as we talked about in the first podcast, my total conception of, like, horror movies was that, like, they were all, like, it was just, like, trash. Like, they're just trash. It's, like, a trash genre. And, like, I mean, I'm going to be, like, assaulted later for saying this. But, like, I just really just totally, like, that's not, like, where real movie making is not in that genre. It's just, like, cheap, exploitive, whatever, kind of, you know? But you, you can't, you can't, like, a whole genre can't be one thing. For sure. But also, it really helps to have that opinion if you've never seen anything from that genre, <laughs> which is where I was at. So I feel like, or, you know, that's sort of, like, the pop culture idea of it. And I think The Exorcist is a really good example of, like, 
solid movie. Like, I, I definitely get why people don't want to see it, but I don't think anyone doesn't want to see it because they're just like, oh, it's trash. Right. It's a trash movie. Like, it's maybe not a good party movie. Oh, yeah, no. I would say, or like... maybe not a good date movie. No. No. Yeah. I you mean, have to be prepared. Yeah. So do yeah. you... Do you if we're, if we're talking about this being based on a true story uh-huh. from uh, 1949, did that really happen? If not, why did they make it up? I think the exorcism happened. Do, but you, really not, think, do you really think this, that there was a boy who was possessed, though? Is that, like, that was really oh, I think those are two different questions. I feel, like, I feel like the priest exorcised him, but whether or not the boy was actually possessed is a totally different matter. Well, that's, that's, was he possessed? Does that, is that possible? I does mean, it make it scarier if it is possible or if it isn't possible? Because then someone's making up something that's really not fun no, to make I up. think what's kind of scary about it either way is that is, is you know, what I always think is sort of people's unwavering belief in something can sometimes be the most terrifying. And so I don't even know what is scarier if the boy is actually possessed by a demon and this priest is exercising him or the boy definitely isn't, but the, the priest super believes he is and is going to exercise something out of him that isn't even there. Like... I don't know. I don't even know if it matters. Like, you know, I mean, either way, it's just like, it's, it's no good. Like, no good either way, you know? Or even just the idea of somebody believing unequivocally that they're possessed by a demon. And you can't... So is it just madness then? I don't know. I don't know. know. No, you know? And I don't know. It's like, you know, but I don't know if it... I don't feel like... I feel like, you know, I think there are people that definitely do these that 100% believe in it, you know, and I think they be- and believe in it in all its, like, earnestness and all, like, they really think they're doing a good thing. I don't know if they are, if they aren't, but, like, I think people's belief in something, to me, is mostly more interesting than whether or not it's actually true, because um, I think people are so interesting in that way, you know, just, like, unequivocally, you know, and obviously the movie takes a stance where, like, yo, no, no, it's real, demons are real, that's a thing, um... But I think, I almost wonder if, like, another interesting version of this movie would be, like, is she or isn't she really possessed? Um, Which I know that they've done sort of modern exorcism movies that are based on more recent events, where that's a bit more of the question. But I think that would be really interesting. Well, isn't it also then kind of pro-religious in a way as well? Because if you're saying, okay, well, if a demon exists, then God has to exist as well. Like, you don't get one without the other. So it's it's mm-hmm. there is a proof there as well. If if she is really possessed by a demon, then they are really using God's power to sure. kind of get her yeah. well again. Well, and but I think you're using words like God and demon very broadly in that sense because if like if you can just say the zuzu. No, no, but I mean like even the idea of like someone like God just being like uh, how much somebody believes in something like their amount of faith like that is God rather than like guy in the sky in a chair with the beard and the whole thing you know like so. Yeah, I think that again. I feel like these movie, this movie specifically, it's really like a question of faith, and I don't even know if it matters like what it is, whether that happens to be like, you know, this one's about the Catholic Church or or, or whatever it is. But I think like people's beliefs and people's like how locked in they are into something to the zenith, like the how far it could go. That's just like great fodder for any horror movie, you know. This one gets two thumbs up from me. For sure. Definitely. I would I would like to go visit the staircase someday with you. I've seen it. Have you? I have, yeah. It's scary. Is it? Yeah, I would not want to take a tumble down that. Um, but uh, no, yeah, it is, it's It's great. That whole area is great. The locations are amazing for it. Um, my, when we were going over favorite quotes for this movie, and like, I, the only thing that I, I mean, this isn't like a quotable movie in a fun way that a lot of the other movies are. Um, but I really, the end of this movie made me very teary when um, Father Karras does his whole like, take me, take me, come inside me, damn you, and like, 
like that whole thing. Like that's you know, that's kind of a weird like favorite quote from this movie, but like that no, noble sacrifice always gets me every time. So um, so that that I feel like is like my favorite quote from this movie. The power of Christ compels you. Is just, no, it's super it's solid. A fun one to say. It's super solid. And I I just like saying Captain Howdy. Yeah, I know. Kind of what a creepy made up like little. I mean, I know. Yeah, it's like. If you were a 12-year-old girl, you'd be like, yeah, it's Captain Howdy. I feel like my 12-year-old girl was like, yeah, Captain Howdy and I are going to go. I'd be like, wait, what? What is going on? What are you talking about? But now we know. We've seen The Exorcist. If our, if, if our future uh, right. question mark daughters mm-hmm. ever exist, mm-hmm. we'll know what to look for. And start talking about Captain Howdy. Look out. Yikes. Look out. <laughs> so, yeah, this one's a real doozy. Yeah. A real great one. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've, you've been listening to the Horror Movie Survival Guide. Yep. Here at The Circus, I'm Marion Kerr. I'm Julia Marchesi. Uh, we are the fir- po- first podcast from Indie Popcorn. Mm-hmm. You can find us on the interwebs. The interwebs. And next week, mm-hmm. we'll be talking about Peter Jackson's 1992 film, Dead Alive. And now for something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> So much gore, so much gore. It's super fun. That'll be a good one.